0: Welcome to Better by Great Place to Work, the podcast that helps companies become a great place to work for all because it's better for people, better for business, and better for the world. I'm Christopher Tukacic, the Chief Content Officer at Great Place to Work. Each week, we meet with great leaders who have helped their companies become better workplaces by focusing on their best asset, their people, who in turn help their organizations become more successful. Support for Better comes from Genentech, a global leader in biotech and medicine, and continues to be a long-time winner on Fortune's annual list of the 100 best companies to work for. Welcome to Better. We are coming to you today from the Great Place to Work for All Summit 2019 in San Francisco. I'm joined today by John Pearson, the CEO of DHL Express, and Regine Butner, the Executive Vice President for HR Global at DHL Express a company that appears on Great Place to Work's a list of the 25 world's best companies. Congratulations to both of you. Thank you for joining me here today. Thank you very much. So DHL Express is the largest global company in the world. It operates in more than 220 countries and has more than 100,000 employees globally. That's correct?
1: Yes, it is correct.
0: And so as one of the largest employers in the world, there's just so many things to focus on at any given moment, right? I can only imagine that it's a logistical nightmare, just to keep track of everything and the constantly moving parts to it. But one thing that I learned yesterday in having my first conversation with Regina is that there's such a personalized attention to every the way that you treat every employee. And I wanted you to talk a little bit more about that. You gave me this wonderful jacket that I put on. Uh, DHL jacket is bright red, and it has the DHL logo on it. And on the back, there's a big circle, and it says, I'm your buddy. Can you tell me more about
1: that? Let me start with the recruiting uh, process. We were really thinking, how can we make the recruiting process really more effective? Yeah? And how can we use it? You know, every touch point, how we can use every touch point for, let me say, a business for us. Every candidate, potential candidate who comes for an interview is maybe a potential customer. And this is where it came from. And if you get selected or not, you get a kind of back, stay connected, because we think being a candidate, a potential candidate, can be a potential customer in the future as well. So we started with this recruiting process. Then if you get selected, you get DHL in the box. DHL in the box gets a sticker. It's a package. Our Korea will deliver it to the selected candidate, so the selected candidate gets already the first message from the company, yeah? And if you join the company, you get a body. And this is this wonderful jacket you wear today. Oh, I love it. It's very stylish. (laughs) Because as a buddy, you help the new joiner, you know, to find the right person in the company, to get advice, to be a friend. We really want to welcome everyone personally to our perfect uh, world DHL Express.
2: Yeah, maybe just add another perspective onto that, because Regine's exactly right. That's how the onboarding is done. And, uh, you know, the perspective I have also is that, and I very much like the theme of this conference here today for all, because just as every single package we move, every single package we move for our customers is important to the shipper and the receiver. Every single one of our employees is just as important as each other. And, you know, Regine and I share a strong belief that if there is one individual or small groups of individuals that aren't getting the full employee experience, we're we're missing on our goals. So this concept of for all, this concept of as oneness, this concept of everyone is part of our family, right from someone being their buddy and when they join is central to our core philosophy, I think.
0: It's a perfect segue into my next question. So I was going to ask you that very about that very topic is that how are you um, living this for all mission of making sure that every employee feels as engaged and as cared for and uh, as special
2: as everybody else? Yeah, if maybe I can just start and then Regine can add to that. Because, yeah, I think it starts with the common purpose, uh, I guess, an understanding of the strategy. And we like to keep that simple. So as I say the strategy, I call it four pillars, three letters in a passport. Uh, four pillars of motivated employees, driving service quality, making loyal customers, delivering a profit network. Three letters, P equals GQ, people equals growth and quality in our CIS part. So there's a very simple strategy, there's a very common purpose of customer centricity, ICCC, and when you have everyone sort of centered around a common purpose you start to walk down the same street and I think the umbrella or the the glue or the wrapping to what I've already said is the CIS the Certified International Specialist Program which every single person without any exception has a red passport in their pocket has a red passport in their bag and that's the sort of glue that binds everyone together on this common purpose of which is our central theme of connecting people and improving lives
1: yeah and we have developed with our employees values and attributes and it is this can do spirit speed you know and do things first time right and this really customer-centric driven culture and this is what brings us all together and this is also the basic for our recognition programs because when you really go the extra mile And people deliver the shipment under very difficult circumstances. You know, they get rewarded once a year and they get invited to a perfect, let me say, employee of the year event. Mm. It's really fantastic. And also for the employees, how we recognize their effort, Mm -hmm. what they spend to deliver a package.
0: Because you have so many employees all around the world, you already have, just by the nature of what the business is in the express industry is the fact that it is, is diverse. Mm-hmm. You've been recognized on our list of the 100 best companies for diversity. That brings about it another whole set of issues that many companies that aren't focusing on DNI uh, don't have to deal with. But when you have those different needs and um, skill sets from such a wide array of talent, how are you focusing on all those different needs, whether it be about career advancement or the proper training and development in many different places around the world?
2: I think... Um The question was sort of multifaceted, really. In a a diverse business, we are a diverse company, and so we find diversity quite easy because we are naturally diverse and we're in every country. I think, having said, mentioned the word diversity, there's a lot of common aspects, and I think human beings are quite consistent in their needs and wants. So when you talk about training programs, or when you talk about values, you know, our respect and results program, our whole CIS program talks as much to people in one country as another. And I think human beings are fundamentally centered around a similar set of values in one country as another. So I think we can actually be more one size fits all than some people might imagine, but then the local nature of our management ensures that when you are talking about Papua New Guinea or you're talking about Peru or you're talking about, you know, Kenya or anywhere else, the translation of that central set of beliefs is extremely well done when you get to the local market. Can you talk a bit more about CIS? Explain to our
0: listeners what that is.
1: CIS is a certified international program we developed after we had a big restructuring. We were really focused on our employees and said, what do our employees need, right? And then we developed a um, basic program. Every manager, every employee worldwide in every country has to go through this training programs. We developed further functional programs and also for the manager, we developed a big program. And at the moment, what we are really focusing on is our supervisors go through an 18-month program, get certified by the end of the 18 months, So that they can really lead our employees. Because what we believe in is that the supervisors are the most important managers in our company. Because they are, let me say, connect our employees on the shop floor with, let me say, global management team. And therefore, we pay at the moment so much attention on our supervisors.
2: And uh, if I could just say the one thing that I think we all agreed really made CIS, Certified International Special Programme, successful, that it was conceived and led and sponsored and presented by the managers in the business. So the amount of training that was done by external providers was, you know, almost zero over time. So every time that someone came into a classroom, into a a meeting room in one of our offices or in a hotel, they would see the managers of the business presenting to them. And I think that gave the program the strongest platform of success that it could have possibly done.
1: And this is our belief, yeah, it's our culture. It doesn't matter. If we're talking about the certified international specialist program, or if we talk about, let me say, employee of the year, we are always going as a global management team, we are going to these events, to these training courses, and we connect with the people. And this is where trust comes from, right? Because we not only promise it, we are really the role model so that the people can believe that we take it serious. How are
0: you tying in your initiatives around diversity to the ways in which your company is innovating? How are you inspiring all of your employees to have a say in the success of the company, but also how you're allowing them to participate in innovation?
2: Well, I think one of the things that immediately comes to mind is being in 220 countries. You hit it exactly right. The opportunity for innovation with a big eye or a small eye, doesn't matter, is enormous. So we have this concept of campfires, keeping the campfires burning. So if someone comes up with an idea in Sydney, we understand what that idea is. And if it's good for Sydney and it's good for Australia, nine times out of 10, we take that system or that idea or that entrepreneurial concept and take it to the rest of the world. And if we sort of don't think it's right for Sydney, then we don't take it any further. So that whole concept of keeping the campfires burning allows ideas to come up from any number of our 220 countries. So that diversity enables innovation, if you will. Can you think of an uh like a concrete example of something where this happened. Yeah, well, the one that comes to mind is the one that uh, Regine spoke about. There's probably many, and they'll come to me. But Certified International Specialist was actually conceived in the USA when we withdrew from the domestic business. And we said to ourselves, we have to be the best in and the best out. And we have to be the most international provider in the United States. So that was innovation with a big eye, innovation with a small eye. That was an idea in a country that was portable and then taken to every single one thereafter. Regine may also think of examples. Yeah,
1: or the body program was, let me say, first invented in Brazil. Oh. So, and we developed it further. So, it's really, we share best practices with the countries. Mm-hmm. On our agenda, we have always sharing best practices. And if it is really, let me say, something what we want to do globally, and we have the buy-in from all the regions, our six regions, we will then develop and roll it out.
0: This podcast is brought to you by Genentech, a biotechnology company dedicated to the rigorous pursuit of science and the discovery and development of breakthrough medicines for people with serious diseases. Recognized as one of Fortune's 100 best companies to work for for more than two decades, Genentech cultivates an environment where scientific innovation thrives and where each person feels valued, included, and able to contribute their best for patients. Learn more at Gene.com. I want to ask about the biggest challenge you've had in your current roles when it comes to managing talent or just sort of orchestrating a workplace culture. What's been the, the biggest challenge?
2: <laughs> I, I think it's, you know, that's a very good question. I'm trying to pick out a biggest challenge. I think... The concept is that everyone, that my hope and my dream is that everyone is able to reach their full potential. And everyone's potential is identified by the app line management. There is only so much, and it's actually quite small, that I can do from my chair. There is only so much that Regine can do from her chair. We need all our country managers and all our supervisors getting better at identifying people's abilities, whatever they may be, and making sure that we draw full potential from what people can offer. Uh, I think that's the first one. And then we deliver on that promise because many people want career fulfillment and advancement. The other thing I say to my more senior managers is that the company is a pyramid and a pyramid naturally gets narrower at the top. And the opportunity to keep on moving as you go up that pyramid becomes more limited because there are less roles. So we want to keep our country managers in DHL, and we need to keep on thinking about how we enrich their roles, but not necessarily with them actually taking a different role. So. Both the realizing the potential in the lower levels and allowing people to honestly reach their dreams and go home and tell their parents or their husband or their wife they've had a promotion and they're going to another country. And at the same time, people at the more senior top end of the organization, understanding how we can keep them not so much engaged, but totally fulfilled in line with their skills.
1: And I also think the challenges are changing, right? The challenges yesterday are not the same than the challenges maybe tomorrow. One of the, let me say, big challenge for us is really to also attract people. We are going at the moment from strength to strength and, you know, we have a great success since 2010. And we deliver a big habit to the group. So it means that we also have to hire a lot of people. And we hire frontline people, pilots, IT specialists. We have a whole range of skills which we need. And this is really a challenging market. And this is where we need to hire the best so that they can also fulfill the request for tomorrow.
0: I want to look a little bit at some of the numbers that are a result of DHL's uh, participation in the Great Place to Work's Trust Culture uh, Index survey, called, uh, the Trust Index Culture Survey, DHL Express, as I mentioned earlier, appears on our list of the world's best workplaces. It also appears in the best workplaces for diversity. The reason why the employees like working there so much, based on the results of your surveys, ninety-two percent have said that when they join the company, they're made to feel welcome. say that they feel good about the ways that they can contribute back to the community. 87% have said that when they look at what they've accomplished, they have a sense of pride. And so I wanted to ask you a bit about how are
1: your workers able to contribute back into the community? That's a very great question. We have this fantastic program. It's called DHL Gotthard. And it's a really fantastic program. What does it mean? We give people the opportunity to nominate people who work in their free time on social stuff, give something back to the community. For example, we just went to Africa and we had three nominees. And these people uh, drive, for example, one person drives four hours every weekend to an area to teach people to teach children which have no uh, access to any school. And Sunday evening, he drives four hours back to his place, and Mondays they start working with DHL again. And this- That's inspiring. It's very inspiring, it's very inspiring. And what we did, We really nominated three people who were the winner in this region and we gave them a huge check that they can even contribute more to the community. It's really fantastic. And we do it in every region. We do it in every region. Every region can choose three winners. And we donate exactly the amount of money what we gave to the African people. We also give to the other regions so they can contribute even more to the community. It's fantastic. And so
0: what is the importance for an organization, especially one of the global size that you have? What's the importance of having your workers engaged by philanthropy and giving back? How does it make them better workers? Well, I think
2: it, you know, engagement comes in many different forms and, You know, I think whether you say millennials, you know, my definition of millennials are people that are quickly interested and quickly bored. So I think if you're trying to get the best out of these younger people as they join, they've got a different sense of purpose to maybe an older generation. And I think Regine's example is exactly right. We, you know, encourage and enable and provide a platform by which people can contribute to society, whether that's anything from tree planting right through to DHL's heart and contribute in that sense and I think they get a very high degree of fulfillment and the percentages you just recounted there are extraordinary high and are amazingly proud of them and I think quite a lot of it talks to the way in which we use our assets, planes, and geographic coverage and vehicles specifically, and use those assets to contribute to crisis and crisis situations. You know, Haiti is a great example. Iran is a great example. Pakistan has been a great example. When there's been earthquakes and various other things, we've been able to use our aircraft and use our trucks to help those societies and those villages and our employees get involved in that.
0: How big is your fleet now? Of aircraft.
2: Oh well, it's on two different levels. One is our partnership with our partner airlines, which are Air Hong Kong and Atlas Polar and AeroLogic and Air Hong Kong and so on and so forth. And then is our own fleet, which is into two or three hundred aircraft. So I was looking at the um, distribution
0: by age uh, across at least what I think is the the numbers I'm looking at are for the U.S. workforce. But it looks like you're pretty much a third of the company is millennial a third is gen x and then about a third is baby boomers (laughs) knowing that you have that many millennial employees what are you doing to identify potential in these millennial workers knowing that they may one day climb the ranks within the organization to become the next leaders of the future
1: we hope that they climb up the ladder because this is our future right (laughs) we do everything to promote them yeah and we give the countries the opportunity let me say to have their own development programs in place every we have a process and we can talk about the process but i think every company has a kind of standardized process what is the difference is we are always talking with our managers that they need to know their potentials when they go to the countries or to different areas or to different stations we want to know who are the potential candidates who can take their job? And this is all about knowing your potentials. It's knowing your network who can do the next job. And this is where we're really good. And we build really a people network and this on different level in the organization. It's not all about training. It's really knowing your people, talk with the people and also trust the people that they are able to take the next job in the organization.
2: Yeah, we have a a simple little phrase, know your numbers, know your customers, and know your people. And know your people is exactly what the regime talks to there. We would be extremely disappointed and extremely surprised if... As, as we visit our countries, and we want to get introduced to people as we visit, that the country manager wouldn't know the names of those people. So the concept of on the floor and in the field, we don't want the manager in their office doing emails. We want them the manager out there in the warehouse, out there in the hubs, out there in the gateways. They won't know the name of everyone, obviously, but they will know the name of a lot of people. And we look for that type of thing. So know your numbers, know your customers, and know your people is essential and very simple. And I think DHL Expresses full of simple short phrases that we repeat, we repeat, and we repeat to get the message through to people because there's so much clutter out there in the modern world that I think you can just confuse people and that's why we like our four pillars and our three letters and our passport and we support all that with music and songs so people remember them. Hmm. Music and songs in what way? Are you going to
0: sing for me today? mm mm-hmm.
2: Yeah? mountain high enough yeah so motivated people let me just you know put the meat on the bone there motivated people the song is Ain't No Mountain High Enough Mm -hmm. service quality the song is love sweet love Mm. loyal customers the song is simplicity keeping things simple in business and profitable network is I want to be a billionaire by Bruno Mars as you know Mm -hmm. so um, yeah and people most people when we do a town hall we say you know we've got four pillars guys and we know what the pillars are and we go first song and people go ain't no mountain high enough so most people know most of the songs most of the time but it reinforces even as something as simple as that you still find people that don't remember them or don't know them, and that's where repetition, repetition, repetition is so important. And who came up with the idea to use music? My predecessor Ken Allen. He was oh. always um, he loves music. He loves Northern Souls, so Dina Ross and the Supremes and all these things. And um, my hometown. Detroit. Yeah, and he <laughs> believes in making business fun, and so a blend of a sense of humour and a love of music. Really, great.
0: So uh, over the course of your career, you must have had some sort of like light bulb moment where you realized that the way forward was by focusing on people, making people first, having an important decision to put culture first, knowing that it's going to help the business survive. What moment was that? Was there, I mean, it happens to every business leader at some point. I think
2: for me, it was around the time of CIS and around the time of 2010 I'd like to think in the 14 years before 2010 that I was in DHL, my beacon for people and my antenna for people was very high. My concept of trust, my concept of listening and all these things were very high. So I knew it was important and I knew we were highly leveraged on trust. But I'd say in 2010, when the board came together, we launched CIS, as Regine said, we started to really understand how much people could accelerate, and then when we coupled that with ICCC, insanely customer-centric culture, I think we then coined the phrase P equals GQ, people equals growth and quality.
1: No, I can't agree more. For me it was a gradual process, I think, but this was really the turning point right so we really focus on our employees and we knew without motivated employees we will never be successful and therefore we put it the first pillar we called motivated employees and therefore everything is linked to this and then You know, motivated people, what does it mean? It's not because we want to have motivated people. No, we know that motivated people really focus on quality. Quality really makes customer happy. And if you have happy customer, you really get a profitable network. And this is so simple, but it's so difficult to stick to it. Mm, Yeah, the simplification is the most important thing. And then really stay focused, stick to it and get it right
0: and we're about to wrap up, but I just want to ask you one last question for both of you. What's the
2: best advice you've ever received in your career? Okay. Can I have two? You can do two, yeah. And then Regine can jump in with the best advice she's been ever given. Yeah, I went to an event in Sydney in 1995 with some pretty high-profile speakers. The event in itself was a little disappointing, but, you know, I always remember going back to the office and someone said, oh, you had the luxury of going to this event. What was the one thing that you would share that, may help me, the person that I was talking to. And it was a comment by Norman Schwarzkopf, who was the head of the Joint Chief of Staff in the US military. And he said the best piece of advice he had been given was to take charge and do what's right. And I like that for two reasons. One is take charge. So if you're in a position of responsibility and you want promotion, when you've got it, you have to take charge and accept the buck stops with you. And then coupling that take charge with do what's right. Inevitably, we're presented with situations situation to do with people, to hire them, not hire, to move them out of the organization, all these type of things. Usually there is something that is absolutely right, the right answer, and you have to be strong enough to do what's right, whatever comes of that. And the second one, if I can, I went for a fairly routine medical consultation just about a month ago with someone. And he, we got talking and he, he said, oh, the most important thing I learned at medical school, we're all told to look, listen, and not interrupt. And I said, why is that so important? He said, as a patient comes into the room, of patients within three minutes will have told you everything that is wrong with them, how they feel, why they're having this consultation today. And then sometimes you might add, is there anything more you want to tell me? And they may say no or speak for 30 more seconds. But it just reminds me of the concept of listening to people. And I think if you're on the warehouse floor and you say, how is it going? You have to look, listen, and not interrupt their answer, because it will not be more than three minutes before they stop speaking. And then we take something from that and we go and fix what it is that's worrying them, concerning them, or anything else. Hmm. That's great. For me, it is giving feedback. Feedback for me is a
1: gift. And giving motivational and developmental feedback helps the person to develop further, but also listening to the person, it helps yourself to develop. And this is a two way communication, which helps the person and helps me. And this is in a world where everything is changing and you have this long life learning. It's so important to listen and develop yourself.
0: Mm, That's great. And about feedback. When I joined Great Place to Work, one of the first things that I learned was the proper way of giving feedback Mm -hmm. to someone. How do you do it?
1: We have this one of our CIS training, we really have this motivational and this developmental feedback. So this motivational feedback is really tell the person what is good what he should do again, Mm -hmm. so that he is really proud to work for it, and it's a great achievement. So developmental feedback means that you tell the person as well, our employer as well, what went not so good, what is the area of development, and how you can support him to do it better in the future. Yeah, that's very similar to how we do it. Yeah, Yeah. and it's fantastic. It is a very, if you do it regular and do it immediately after something happens, you know, it's such a powerful tool from my point of view and it's always let me say you need to develop yourself you need to develop the company to the next level and there's always room for improvement mm-hmm. if you stay still it's the first thing where you go backwards that's great
0: well john regine thank you today for joining us at better by great place to work it's been a pleasure thanks a thank lot thanks, thanks a for lot your in our company <laughs> thank you you've been listening to better by great place to work the podcast that helps everyone create better workplaces, because it's better for people, better for business, and better for the world. Better is generously sponsored by Genentech, a global leader in biotech and medicine that ranks among the world's best employers. Tell us about your great workplace experiences by finding us on social media. We can be reached on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram, at Work underscore US. Also tell your friends about Better by Great Place to Work, which can be found wherever you download your favorite podcasts.